This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. everybody. What's up? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards. Welcome to another episode of the Learn Jazz Standards podcast. Excited to be here answering your jazz questions five days a week. And today is our Fast Track Friday episode. That's where I look back at this week's episode and questions that were asked and look for some underlying themes and a great strategy that's been working well for my students and, of course, for myself in the past. Looking back at this week, we talked a little bit about theory, right? We talked about diminished arpeggios over dominant sevenths, why that sounds great. We talked about the use of triad pairs, talked about you know how to know what the real melody of a jazz standard is. And yesterday we talked about, do pro jazz musicians actually improvise? Like how much of it is ideas that were thought ahead of time and ideas that were just simply played organically, right? Without being conceived before. And today I wanted to offer you a strategy that is definitely no stranger here to the podcast, or at least the 400 plus episodes that were season one of this podcast, um, but really addresses some of this stuff here. It addresses the idea of what do we do with theory after we've learned it? Like, how do we turn that into music? But it really also addresses this idea of, you know, how do we get the ideas that we're learning into our improvisation? And that strategy is composition. To me, composition is actually one of the most underrated ways to get great at improvisation. Um, And again, when we think about improvisation and composition, what their relationship is together, it's often said that composition is improvisation slowed down and improvisation is composition sped up, right? Perhaps you've heard that concept before. And if you haven't, just feel free to chew on that for a second, right? Because when you're composing something, you're improvising as well. You're just doing it on a much slower scale, right? You are perhaps batching that together. You're piecing it together. You're figuring out one note at a time and then a second note at a time. And that muscle is still being exercised there, right? It's just being done slowly. And and what does improvising slowly do for you? Well, it helps give you the actual time to pull out the information that's sitting in your brain, bring it out to the forefront, and see what you actually know and can do as a musician. And so there's a lot of ways we can apply composition, uh, I'll go over a few of them here. The The most basic way we can apply composition is to jazz language itself. So this could be a lick or a whole solo, right? So you could compose a lick. Let's just say you're struggling with two, five, one chord progressions. 
And so a great idea could be is just to go, okay, well, I, I don't have ideas over two, five, ones. Let me compose 10 of them. Uh, and, and to be clear, when I'm talking about composition, I'm not really talking about notating it on a piece of staff paper or on music notation software. Um, that's totally fine to do that as well. But I'm really just talking about composing on the spot by ear and committing it to memory or at least short-term memory. Um, and going through that process, right, of now going, okay, now I have 10 ideas that I came up with myself, right? And, and this is also the opportunity to go, hey, I've learned some 251 licks from etudes I've learned, from solos off of records I've learned. I've learned some ideas. This is now my opportunity to try to see if I can fit in some of those ideas without having to do it so quickly, Right. Gives you an idea to go, okay, altered ideas over top of dominant seventh chords. I learned that. So let me try to fit that into my composition of this two, five, one lick. Gives you the opportunity there to apply knowledge that you have learned and sounds that you've started to comprehend. But it also gives you the opportunity to dream up the kind of music you actually want to play. Gives you the trial and error benefit of going, I don't really like that. I'm really hearing going up higher in the register or I'm hearing myself descend down that line. Or, you know, I really like it when my favorite jazz musician does this. I wonder if I could do that too. It gives you that opportunity to dream it up. Okay. So you can do this to licks. You can also do this to a chorus or two of a solo, right? So let's say you're working on a jazz standard. Uh, this month we've been working on in our inner circle membership, we've been working on Cheryl, um, by Charlie Parker. And next month, uh, actually tomorrow, we'll be working on another one. So this gives you the opportunity to look at Cheryl, which is a blues, and go, I'm going to compose my own blues solo, right? I call this macro pieces of jazz language and really dream up like what would I want my ideal solo to sound like? That's the opportunity that composition gives you. Now, here's the other thing about composition that I find really powerful. The stuff that you create for yourself, by yourself, on your own, is more likely to come out in your playing organically when you improvise than stuff that you've learned from someone else. This is a fact. Stuff that's already coming natural to you or you're able to pull out from things you already know, if you are bringing those to the forefront by yourself, those things are going to be retained much better than, you know, a Charlie Parker line that you learned one time because it's coming from you. And so composition affords you that opportunity to be able to do this. Other things you can do with composition as well is you can compose contrafacts, right? What's a contrafact? A contrafact is putting a new melody over top of a already set of chord changes. So for example, the most common contrafacts that we find in jazz are rhythm changes tunes. So the original tune that has the rhythm changes song form is I Got Rhythm by George Gershwin. Well, that chord progression became so popular, that song form became so popular that many other jazz standards were written around it, like Olio by Sonny Rollins or Anthropology by Charlie Parker. They wrote different melodies on top of existing sets of chord changes. And you can do that too. You could say, okay, I'm working on this jazz standard right now. Let me write a brand new melody over top of this, right? So now you're thinking more melodically than even 
you know, just playing a solo here. So these are really great exercises to do with composition that's going to help you when it comes to improvising. It's going to help you get those ideas out. It's going to help you dream up things that you would want to play. It's going to help you apply things that you've already learned. Composition is a great exercise to do. So it's my challenge for you coming up here to compose something, whether it be something small, like I mentioned a lick or something bigger, like a chorus or two of a solo. This is going to really help your playing. And I often recommend this to our inner circle members all of the time because it's just a practice that I've really seen help other students, but certainly myself. Um, And one fun, interesting thing too is if you do this, even just on the occasion, you'll see the progress that you're making. Um, I can think of a solo that I composed my freshman year of college. I remember I was going to music school and I composed the solo and I remember being so proud of it. And I was just like, wow, this is the solo that I've always wanted to play, right? I composed, I, I really got into it. I poured myself into creating and crafting this, the perfect solo, right? Felt so great about it. A year later, I remember finding that solo because I actually did notate the solo in this case. I found the solo in a folder and I played through it again. And I'm like, oh, that's not what I would be playing today, right? (laughs) So I could, even in one year, I could see the improvement, even though the time I wrote it, I thought it was like the best I could do. And you get to see the progress form. And and that's exactly what you want to happen. You want to go, here's where I am today. Here's the best I can do today. And here's the next best I can do. And you keep building and building and building off of that. And you create great music for yourself. That's the exciting thing about doing this kind of practice. It's not just about doing the exercise. It's not just about another thing you have to do. It's about watching yourself transform and allowing yourself into the musical journey, right? And embracing that musical journey. All right, my friends, that's all for today's episode. That's all for today's Fast Track uh, Friday episode, the strategy that I want to give you. Remember that knowledge without action isn't really knowledge at all. Remember that a lot of practice time isn't really near as good as just a little bit of really good focused practice. So take that away with you going forward. Um, Listen, we're going to have another great episode, uh, week of episodes of the podcast next week. So obviously, I want you to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you happen to be checking it out. Uh, But of course, if you wouldn't mind doing a favor, if you've been enjoying the show, getting a lot of value out of it, if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, go give it a rating and review. Um, Let others know with your rating or with your review, why you enjoy this show. Uh, It just helps when other people come and and stumble across the show to see, oh, hey, look, a lot of people really love this show. This is a great show and encourages others to listen to it as well. That just really helps out the podcast. But of course, if you know someone or a friend or just want to share something that you've learned on social media, don't ever feel free or always feel free rather (laughs) to, to share the show with others. That really helps it out. All right, my friend, looking forward to seeing you next week on the Learn Jazz Standards podcast. Again, subscribe, and we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. 
I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.